The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Many times we feel paralyzed by fear and body hatred. In order to feel better about ourselves and live the life we really want to manifest, we have to own up to our difficult feelings and self-sabotaging thoughts and behaviors. We all enter this world naked, and now it's time to feel good naked, no matter what your body size or your life circumstances. This is Feel Good Naked Radio, and your host is Lar Redmond. On this program, Lar will help you become more embodied, self-empowered, and mindful to take charge of whom you really are and to live the life you deserve to live. Now, here's your host, Laura Redmond. Hello and happy, happy, blessed New Year to everyone out there. I'm so thrilled it's a new year. I always feel it's the best opportunity to step into a new perspective, a new life, a new choice system, And today is a great show for you to get started with this year on an emotional, spiritual, and mental footprint. Um, I really wanted to come in today with a show about detoxing those parts of your thought process or your self-talk that are holding you back from being your most powerful self. And I have learned so much about how the breath connects to self-compassion and making different choices in the exact moment that you're given the opportunity to reboot. Um, Before I introduce our guest, who's an amazing guide for transformational breathing and self-compassion, I just want to let everybody know that I've been grateful for your emails, your feedback. If you aren't already part of Feel Good Naked Radio on Facebook, make sure to join in with the group. I love hearing from you, and we're also on Instagram at Feel Good Naked Radio. Today, I am honored to have Margaret Townsend with us. Margaret has been practicing as a certified breathwork facilitator since 1993, and she's also a certified Hakomi body-centered psychotherapy practitioner. Her focus on body awareness grew through her work as a shiatsu and reiki practitioner and a teacher of dance, yoga, and fitness over the last 30 years. She brings a wide range of experience to her individual and group sessions that include her studies in mindful self-compassion, qigong, nonviolent communication, spirituality, and meditation practices. Welcome, Margaret Townsend, to the show. Hi, thanks. I'm so happy to be here. I thought we'd kick off. I want to ask you if you could just take us all through an anti-anxiety breath exercise. I believe we're living in the most anxious time that I can remember in my adult life. And I believe it's fair to say that our entire world has an anxiety disorder. It's it's just a terribly difficult thing to manage if you don't have the tools. So mm-hmm. I thought we'd start yeah. by just uh, 
asking you to take us through a breath exercise that's targeted to help anxiety. Sure, sure, I would love to, because that's usually um, the first thing that I work with people on, is how to calm and regulate the nervous system, Um, because you're right, you know, we're, we're all walking around more activated than maybe we have been in the past. So what I'd like to do first is um, just, I like, I call it saying hi to what's here right now. Let's just take a moment and just see what's here in our bodies and with our breath right now, because awareness is going to be always the first step to change. If we don't know what's here, we don't know what we don't know, we don't have a choice. So it's really great to just become aware of what's happening. And we can do that simply by just feeling your body right now. Um, If you're sitting, just feeling your body, parts of your body touching the chair or the floor. And kind of connecting in that way with ourselves. I mean, really simple. And, and as that happens, just let yourself become aware of any sensations on the inside. And because we're talking about stress and anxiety, go ahead and just let yourself kind of notice if there's any tension or stress or anxiety in your body right now. Um, there might be, there might not be, but it's, it's great to check in and see what's here. Um, so just notice that, acknowledge it. Uh, just turning our attention towards um, ourselves in this way. So as you do that, as you notice that, just scan through your body. And just saying hi. Saying hi to what's here. And then let yourself go a little deeper and just become aware of the movement of your breath. Just go find where your breath is moving right now. It can be anywhere. It doesn't matter. This is not about a right or wrong kind of thing. It's about um, just finding it, getting information for yourself to then make a choice from there. So just find the movement of your breath. And just saying hi to it. See if you can find it, if it's up higher. Just see if you can notice with curiosity rather than judgment. Because um, that can come pretty easily for a lot of us. So just curious. Where is it? And then just feel that. Feel the movement. Feel your body moving right there, even if it's a teeny bit. It's here. Your breath is here. Your, your life is here. And you can feel it right in this place. So this is just uh, becoming more aware. You can call it mindfulness if you want, um, or just... You know, waking up to um, to yourself a little bit more. So now, taking 
um, a little more active participation in this process, um, go ahead and just put a hand, one or both hands, on the center of your chest. Hmm. And just, just feel that. Just, yeah, that felt sense. Feel the temperature of your hands. Feel the warmth uh, or maybe coolness. Feel the pressure. But what's it like to just have contact here? Yeah, just letting that register. Noticing how it affects your body or your thoughts. So in the midst of stress and anxiety, you're just bringing contact, physical contact to your body. Research shows that this in itself can activate a part of your brain that is the caregiving part. I just feel that. So as you contact yourself, your chest on the outside... Now go ahead and just let your breath, like a little brook of water, maybe starting somewhere in your belly, just flow. So as you become aware of your belly, just invite it to soften, like you can soften right now. And if if that's hard to do, that's okay. Just let it be as it is. Let your breath now find its way up from your belly to your chest to go meet your hand from the inside. Just keep it gentle and easy. You're contacting on the outside with your hand and your breath is contacting your chest and your heart space in this area that's very common to get tense when we're stressed and anxious. Let your breath come and meet it. Not about trying to get rid of something. That creates more stress. It can. It's really about, let's go to it. Let's pay attention. Let's meet What's needing attention here right now? What's needing some relief, softening? So right now you might notice that your breath is, could be tight, it could be softening a bit, be a variety of things happening. But we're going to just participate now a little bit more in that. And you're just now more, a little more actively, but still keep it comfortable and gentle. Just let your inhale come in just as deep as it feels good. Don't, you don't have to push beyond that. And what we're going to do is just soften your jaw, let your mouth open, and just do a sigh on the exhale. Yeah, so it's a little bit of your voice and then the air just falling out like a waterfall. 
So again, just inhaling comfortably. <sighs> and as you exhale, you're giving space to the exhale. You're giving space to getting that carbon dioxide out, that tension. That's where it gets stored. And the exhale, so just giving space to let the body have room <sighs> to move. And as you do that, feel your chest ribs under your hand. Soften downward as you exhale. <sighs> See if you can find any little movement. As if your chest ribs were just surrendering, moving down with gravity. When we're tense, we hold up. We hold in. Let your exhale. (sighs) (sighs) Yeah. And it's soft and it's flowing and you take all the time you need on that exhale. So then the inhale flows in. It comes when it comes. Take as much as it feels comfortable. And then space on the exhale. (sighs) Wow, that's amazing. I mean, what I want anyone to know that's just tuning in is this is a meditation that we just went through with Margaret that you can replay. A lot of people will say, and I'm calling it a meditation because in my world, breath is meditation, but I think that word has become very intimidating. So what I'll say is you have on this playback a great breath exercise to tap Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. to wherever you Mm -hmm. may be, if it's anxious or stressed or fearful. I think what I have learned and Thank God for this, because breath saved my life. My anxiety was getting so out of control, and I was having that heart palpitation in the middle of the night where I would wake up in a sweat. I would wake up feeling panic. Um, I had my first panic attack a few years ago, and it is the breath, awareness Uh, of the breath, as uh you just said, that has saved my life, and Uh and I I creep. You know, I think you can get to this practice really quickly if you're in trouble. You know, if you're having a panicky experience or an anxious or a fearful experience, you can actually take what Margaret just did with us and use it right away in the moment, in the car, in the tunnel, in the room, in the kitchen, in the bathtub. Like these exercises are there for you. They're there for you every time you need to breathe in a more conscious way. Um, And I I want to thank you for the exercise, but I do want to get into a dialogue about how it is that we can decondition our self-talk. I mean, I think one of the things you mentioned in the exercise was pay attention. Pay attention Mm -hmm. first with the body and then the thoughts because you're choosing these thoughts. So sometimes a stimulus or a reaction may create the thought, but ultimately what you do with that is in your control. It is at your fingertips within your breath. So especially once you're aware of it. And I, I just want to say something about, you know, letting, giving space on the exhale, because oftentimes when we're anxious, people say, take a deep breath, take a deep breath. And what happens is, is that we're holding, um, we're actually not letting go. And so taking a deep breath is 
if we're already holding the breath, it, it creates more tension. It's hard to take the air in. What we need to do is release the carbon dioxide, release the tension, which happens during stress, so that we can take in more oxygen. As you repeat that exercise, gradually, because of the body's wisdom, the body will be able to receive more and more each time, you know, as you pay attention. And, you know, Laura, I think that it's a really good point about our thinking. Um, because when we go in stress mode, it activates the fight or flight part of the brain. And so what happens is, is that it also activates all of those thoughts about survival. So we worry, we tell ourselves the worst case scenario, um, we ruminate, we can't let go of a thought. You know, all that is tied in with what's happening in the nervous system. So our breath and our thoughts, it's all connected. And so when we breathe, we actually get to get ourselves out of that part of the brain and include other parts. And that's why I love working with breath. And it, it actually can change the part of your brain you're in so that you have more space, not only for your breath, but for other kinds of thoughts to come in that are more nourishing. Well, and I think one of the things that happens for all of us, and, and I, I imagine we can all relate to this, you know, you're in a situation relationally with someone and maybe they say something or maybe they provoke or trigger a part of your brain that feels very tight, um, maybe even resentful. And then the inner reaction to that is a looping, you know, where you go through the idea of, uh, and this is all happening very quickly for each of us, but let's just say that the stimulus is something that makes you start looping with the idea of what is wrong with me? Why don't I ever do this correct correctly or or why can't I feel good enough why don't I feel like I'm a person that's worthy and whatever that mm-hmm. looping is the looping can be so distressful and so yeah. horrible to the mindset and the body and then all of a sudden you're tightening up so mm-hmm. one of the things that I think is super helpful that you alluded to is the very first thing that you can do to manage anxiety stress and fear is to notice your thoughts right right in the second that you are experiencing an interaction or a feeling that is not pleasant notice the thoughts that are going along with with that feeling. Mm-hmm. And then you can decide, mm-hmm. you know, you, you can say to yourself, I, I'm not going to believe this this time. I'm going to feel it in my body, but I am not going to believe it. I am going to mm-hmm. instead create an inner voice that is kind and thoughtful and supportive. I'm not mm-hmm. a bad mom or a bad partner or a bad friend. I am love. And and when I think about your connection to breath and self-compassion, I realize there's a huge gateway between the two mm-hmm. that really work well together. So I'd love for you to touch on the self-compassion piece as we're talking about the physical mental reaction to mm-hmm. something that might provoke the anxiety, the stress, or the fear. Right, right. Um, yeah, the, the, I have found that the self-compassion um, 
just that work is so supportive. And, you know, as I was preparing for this, I was thinking, realizing how, you know, our breath is our constant companion, right? It's, It's always here. And our ability to turn towards ourselves in a kind way is also always here. We don't always access it. But I realize that, you know, what you're talking about, changing the thinking of how you're treating yourself, is not a turning away from ourself, which is what the judgmental, critical thinking does. You know, it, it, it feels like we have to defend ourselves against it. So it's a turning away, but that ability to turn towards and say, hey, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at this. You know, first of all, you know, there, there has to be awareness of what's happening in order, like I said before, to be able to make a different choice. And so what I learned in the self-compassion work, and it is basically three components um, that are, I, I find are just invaluable. And Kristen Neff is the one who did her whole research, her PhD on this. And um, in studying compassion itself, realized that there, the three components are, first of all, like we said, is noticing we're having a hard time. You know, noticing I'm, I'm really being hard on myself or I'm really suffering right now, you know, from what I'm telling myself. So there is the physical tension that happens when we're being harsh with ourselves. And then the second thing is realizing that this is part of being human. You know, this um, suffering and having a hard time and being challenged and um, being judgmental, that's all part of being human. And in that understanding, we don't, you know, we get to realize, oh, I'm not alone here. You know, this is, there are other human beings right now in this moment who are, are, are feeling the same way, are doing the same thing. And in that awareness, the third component is, you know, being kind to ourselves. And that's when we, get, we can really change. They found in the research, you know, may I be kind to myself right now when I, you know, in the midst of this anxiety and shame and having such a hard time. And they found that it really can um, calm the system and, and shift the whole experience, and um, it actually becomes more of a motivator. You know, I think that oftentimes being hard on ourselves, like, you know, you always get this wrong. There's an unconscious um, thing that's going on that they found with the research that said, we think if we're more critical of ourselves, we're going to motivate ourselves. We're going to, you know, keep on our case so we don't get lazy, so we don't, you know... Um, back off, but what they found is just the opposite. Is that you know, if you think of uh, a coach, an encouraging coach in sports, versus you know, a coach that's like you know, really hard, and you know, you might win the game, but it, you know, what they found is there could be less of a motivation to even want to play anymore because it it wasn't a you know, caring or or a positive experience. Does that make sense? Oh, totally. Because really what we're talking about, I think, Margaret, is how to make friends with yourself. And 
And yes. to be a really good friend to yourself is actually, I think of it kind of as a twofold uh challenge. (laughs) One is in the moment that I was speaking about where there's an interaction that tightens the body or creates anxiety or stress or fear is what to do in that exact moment. But the other that I feel is more in line with what you're getting into is the whole idea of your neuropathways and how, how you actually want to program your thinking about yourself and your life that's based in kindness and compassion, just as you would offer a really good friend, and then turning that inward, being that to yourself. Well, that's exactly right. You just, you you know, what you said was actually how Kristen described, you know, first she had to explore what compassion was, and the best way to understand self-compassion is how you would treat someone you really love and care about. And then turn that, you know, explore what would that be like to treat myself that way? What would that feel like? What would be the effects of it, you know, mentally and physically and emotionally? And then how to rewire that very destructive messaging that has been part of your journey that somehow gets stored in the memory. I mean, I I can tell you and every client I work with can tell me those three most damaging voices or memories that have come into that psyche or that brain. And I believe, just like trauma, when we are provoked by stress, anxiety, or fear, often that memory bank and that neuropathway is so heavily triggered because of that messaging that Mm-hmm. we felt or believed or thought was true when it isn't. It was just someone bullying you or taking it out on you. And mm-hmm. so it's also, I think, really important to unpack that part of the psyche that has more power over you than it needs to. And and I thought your coach example would be an example of that. Like if I'm a kid that was in sports and that coach was a bully, I may have right. a real trigger response to someone pushing me or giving me, uh, you know, a sense that I'm not doing it hard enough or well enough. So I think Mm -hmm. we have to be hyper-conscious of those past triggers that may keep us from self-compassion. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's pretty ingrained in there. Um, You know, and for good reason. I mean, we are wired originally for looking for um, to feel safe. Right? We're constantly, you know, kind of scanning um, to feel safe and to, and to know that um, we can relax in our world <clears throat> and think about the world right now, you know, too, in a bigger perspective, kind of a macrocosm of what you're talking about. But we're hearing so much stuff on the, the news and that the hate crimes that are increased and you know we're recording that and it is stimulating that part of us that is you know just trying to find safety and that that can stimulate that that stress part but there's also as soon as we know that you know to how do we take care of ourselves and how and to pay attention is that a reflection of how we're 
what's in our own psyche of what we just got conditioned in there from a long time ago. So in a way, it, you know, it can be used to help wake us up to what is it that we're actually needing right now? How do we need to take care of ourselves and um, be with ourselves and therefore each other in the world? And and again, it all goes back to the awareness so that, you know, if, if there is an environmental trigger, that's a story in the media that keeps repeating or an advertisement or social media posts, for God's sake, you know, be proactive and eliminate those outside influences that have a negative impact on your mental state. Mm-hmm. And, and yes. I think being a, being yes. aware is is again that foundational starting point. And the awareness is your friend. The awareness is your guide. The awareness is the direction that will lead mm-hmm. you to relief within your system, both from a breath perspective and a self-compassion perspective. So, yes, absolutely. Margaret, and you know, it's interesting because this month, in de- well, last month in December, there were two articles, uh, research articles that came out about the breath um, in Science Daily and um, in Psychiatric Times. And, you know, what they're talking about in turning to the breath that they're finding with even severe cases, and I'll, I'll read it, it just says, slow, voluntary, regulated breathing practices, which is VRBP. Um, they're non-invasive, easy to learn, generally safe for treating symptoms of anxiety, insomnia, depression, stress, trauma-related disorders, ADHD, schizophrenia, substance abuse. I mean, they're finding this now, that... Um, it's a place within ourselves to turn to that can calm our system. So there's a non-mental place. You know, the, with the breath, it takes you kind of um, to other parts of your brain that can actually expand your awareness and your consciousness out of that um, smaller protective thinking, right? Yeah. So there's that. So that that's that's one doorway, and the self-compassion um, is just a beautiful doorway, too, in itself, and I, I think they're so interconnected and, and related. Yeah, they are. We're, we're going to take just a quick, break, a tiny little break. I want to come back soon as fast as we can, just because I have some great ideas and questions to explore with you. We'll be right back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Do the adventures of Indiana Jones leave you curious about this exotic and unusual profession? If so, don't miss Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology with Dr. Joseph Schuldenrein. 
You'll learn about forensics, ancient civilizations, and human origins. Listen to Dr. Schuldenrein and colleagues discuss their excavations and related archaeological topics, ranging from the unique to the sublime, and yes, even the mundane. Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology, live Wednesday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Variety. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Feel Good Naked Radio with La Redmond. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to feelgoodnakedradio at gmail.com. Now back to this week's show. Welcome back to Feel Good Naked Radio. I am your host, Laura Redmond, and I have Margaret Townsend with me today, who is a certified breath facilitator and a self-compassion teacher. And we're giving you takeaway tools today that are all about starting your new year being more friendly to yourself, giving yourself a different perspective mentally and emotionally and physically, using the breath to calm down the tendency to go towards the anxiety, the stress, or the fear, and really becoming a good friend to yourself, even though the self-talk may be negative and challenging and historically traumatic. So when we went to break, Margaret, take us back to what you were saying, please, about the anxiety that we all suffer with today, certainly more than ever. And, and of course, we know that the awareness of the anxiety is the first step, getting rid of those external things that provoke it, such as the news or social media. But what I would love for you to help us with is if you take a client, a private client into your office, and that person is highly anxious and they're overwhelmed with everything from the fear of making enough money to live, the relationship that might have broken down, um, the family that is no longer a safe unit, I I could go on. What would be the first thing that you would do with that person to just keep them from going further into the anxiety, but coming back into that grounded foundational, self-loving presence? Mm. Well, um, excuse me. I think, first of all, I would be empathetic. I would give empathy about everything that they're going through and everything their body is holding. And I would probably invite them, I mean, after, you know, checking in and, um, but experientially, I would invite them to notice how it's affecting their body and how it's affecting their, their mind. Like, what is it that is here that um, they haven't been able to really let go of or uh, calm down? And so, you know, the awareness of, of just checking in about that would be the first thing. Um, and then depending, you know, on, on where the awareness goes, if it's, 
I have them notice the breath, too, because that is always going to be, when there's stress, there's always going to be some restriction in the breathing. Um, so I think I do experiments, you know, because sometimes you, you don't know what's, what's going to, the person is going to respond to more than other things. So um, I might have them try that, putting their hand on the chest and just, Allowing space for a sigh of relief on the exhale and feeling the chest ribs soften downward and just seeing how their body responds with that. Um, see if it starts calming the mind. See if it starts, um, you know, just quieting something. And I, I think often with that feeling of gravity, when we get stressed, we're so, we're pulled up. We're actually fighting against gravity. So, I think to have a felt sense of the body. And so when we're pulling up, um, we're actually in our heads and we disconnect from our body and what's going on so that we can't respond to it. So to have a felt sense of just hand on the chest ribs and because we're designed as human beings for our chest ribs to our whole, all of our ribs to move as we breathe, right? That's, the natural flow of the body. So it's about bringing back the, the, the natural wisdom of the body. And um, so I would probably start with that experiment to see how they respond. And um, if they're aware of self-talk, negative self-talk, we might explore saying something different and just seeing how their body responds. Right, and in the Hakomi work, there's it's a lot of exper- ex- experiments to see which way it goes, and if if it exaggerates, which sometimes when we pay attention, you turn the light on, it's like moths to a fly. It can exaggerate or bring up to the surface um, a little bit more of the tension or louder voices, and so then we turn towards that and keep breathing, keep giving space to the exhale. Um, as we just pay attention to it. Like in the midst of all of that that's here, let's include the breath. You know, let's see what it's like to say something kind to yourself. And oftentimes there is a softening. If the person, you know, we create a safe bubble first, of course, um, there's, there's emotion that gets to come because if, if they're feeling a safe place, it's a kind of a letting down that gets to happen. Um, our bodies get exhausted and tired of holding so much tension and holding so much of that, you know, losing the narrative over and over again with worrying and, um, yeah, being harsh with ourselves. Well, I think the narrative, the story, the stories that we tell ourselves, that narrative, that self-talk, if that story is not helping you, you need a new story. And I think part Mm -hmm. of getting great coaching or working with you would be to help yourself rewrite the story that is looping, which I mentioned a little earlier, because I think that looping is such a stressful experience. Mm -hmm. But Yeah, it's like a dog with a bone, right? It's like holding on. So, you know, because I so strongly believe in the, the wisdom, in the body-mind connection, um, I might ask, before I even go towards creating a different scenario, to once the person 
system, you can see, you know, there's a calming down. I might say something like, um, have them share something that they're telling themselves that is really um, mean and hard to share. I might say, um, is that true? I might say it back to them and have them notice the defenses that come up in their body. But to build that bridge, I might, I might even say, you know, is that true? Do you really believe that that's true about yourself? And, you know, just take a moment. And so just kind of like create little openings, like curiosity and questions about, you know, what is really the truth and what do I really want? And Which really, just, it gets, you know, that, yeah. that makes me think, though, but before you go on, I want to say that yeah, that yeah. is about trust. That is self-trust where you can uh-huh. say, no, that is not true, but that is what I have believed for so long. And yeah. when you have that trust within yourself, I think you have the ability to say, this isn't true, it's just what I've been told. Yes, yeah. And as soon as that awareness comes in, like, I just believed this so long, I don't know what else to believe, that's when we bring the self-compassion in. And, and can... Can you be kind to yourself right now? Because there's something so innocent about it. If it was if it was wired in early on, it's not our fault. It's so innocent. So that self compassion piece comes in to help us connect to our hearts and to soften that harsh voice. Does that make sense? Yeah, but I think that harsh voice has to first be outed. In order to calm it down. Oh, absolutely. The awareness. Absolutely. So really the awareness is, back to that, it is such a trusting, grounding force within the process of trying to get a handle on the anxiety, the stress, or the fear. And with the awareness, not only are you suggesting that we feel it in our body and we tap into where that may be in our body, but I also think that the thoughts, the story, the narrative become very aware of what it is you're saying to yourself silently. Find that voice and identify it, journal it, go to a safe facilitator to speak it, because Mm -hmm. that is, that loop is the spiral of anxiety that can be undone and untwisted. Yes, absolutely. So I want to talk a little bit about um, Kristen Neff. You mentioned her work in self-compassion, and I know you've studied with her. And I really love the work that she's done as well. I'm looking at her book right now, and I'm going to read to you this part of her book because I think you'd have a lot to say about it. And what Kristen says is, rather than continually evaluating, comparing, resisting, obsessing, and distorting Simply open, open to seeing yourself and your life exactly as it is in all of its Mm -hmm. glory, open to the love of all creation, ourselves included. As we walk through the triumphs and the tragedies of our lives, we relate to everything with kindness. We feel our interconnectedness with everyone and everything. We become aware of the present moment without judgment. We experience the full spectrum of life without needing to change it. I know, isn't that beautiful? So Uh, beautifully said. 
So what I yeah, love well, about, uh, sorry, I just wanted to finish one more thought on that is that, or what she talks about with that beautiful passage is not needing to be perfect to feel good about who you are. No one is. There's no such thing mm-hmm. as perfection, but we can all gain a capacity for resilience, growth, and happiness. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, that you know, the perfectionism is, is a big part of uh, our suffering. You know, and in, in that whole passage you read, I mean, she touched on all three components of uh, self-compassion, you know, the, the awareness, um, the being kind, and, you know, the remembering uh, our common humanity, that it, what's happening, everything we experience is part of being human, is part of the human experience. And um, I think that's really important for the, the perfectionism part that I think gets in there in so many ways, you know, especially in our culture, that we have to be a certain way to be lovable and be accepted. And, you know, I think what she's saying is, no, we don't. We don't have to. We get to be who we are. We get to be ourselves. And remember that everybody else gets to be who they are and be themselves. And we're lovable. And so is everyone else. And it just this creates this kind of um, sense of unity and um, kind of a relaxation around having to be better than or um, one up on or, um, you know, all of that, the things that separate us from each other in, um, in our lives, in our world. So it's really about embracing sorrow as much as joy, because when you talk about, when you speak of the comparative mindset, I think where we get in trouble is when we're always trying to be more joyful, happy, um, Mm -hmm. all these things that are sort of a... uh, I don't think they're they're authentic to the human condition, mm-hmm. but but I think it would be so exciting if we could start more language and conversations around sorrow mm-hmm. and pain and heartbreak yeah. and yeah. darkness. Mm-hmm. And we're somehow taught in our weird ways in this world and culture to move towards the light always and to be happy and to be mm-hmm. optimistic and 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 mm-hmm. I work on trying to do that when possible but I've really become so liberated by the vulnerable reality mm-hmm. of just being yeah. in darkness That's and sadness freedom. yep yep and accepting yeah. that and just and knowing that we're all everyone as they say is suffering a battle that you know nothing about so the comparative mm-hmm. mindset the social media world the um, advertising world we are really being fooled into thinking that this world is all about that imagery and that perfection mm-hmm. and that is mm-hmm. what is the core of much of the anxious nervous fearful mindset yeah. so really let go of that anyone listening a great takeaway tool is to be a aware of what creates that feeling of not enough comparative not as good as I don't feel like I measure up and eliminate it. Stop, stop, stop looking at it. Stop reading it. Stop 
liking it, literally. Mm-hmm. And that automatically... <laughs> literally. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I yeah. think it gives you that beautiful piece of the sorrow that is the human condition and does transform your life when you allow a place for it at the table. Yes. You know, it, it reminds me of a, a teacher said to me a long time ago, um, remember her saying, you know, every part of us wants to come home. Every part of us wants to come home to ourselves. And, you know, that just says it right there. It, it's, it's just like if we leave out any part of ourselves because of that, you know, what you're talking about, that, well, because I have to be a certain way. I mean, that is part of the perfectionism. But, you know, it's, it, it hurts. It's, um, we carry that with us. It's a it's kind of attention. It's a sort of attention that, uh, tension, not attention, tension that we carry in our, in our bodies, in our minds, in our hearts, you know, in our hearts. It carries tension when we're, we don't allow all of ourselves to be here and show up. And um, I know that one well, you know, it's, yeah, I think we it all takes do. courage. It takes courage to face. You know, it's just like okay, this is this is who I am, and I'm not like, you know, those pictures that I just looked at on Facebook. And my life is not like that. I mean, how many of us have felt walked away from Facebook in any moment, feeling kind of like, oh God, you know, what a, what a great life they have, and I don't have that. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's critical. You become so critical, self-critical, which which is so tense in the body. You know, if you even think about the idea of self-criticism, it feels tight, bad, negative, constricting. There isn't the freedom and the liberation that comes with an acceptance of the dark and the light and the sorrow mm-hmm. and the joy and the heartbreak and the heart celebration. I mean, it all is a complex matrix of the human condition. Mm-hmm. And I believe, I do, I believe so strongly that if we can become more cognizant of our breath, how it moves through the body, that we can choose to stop, as you did in the beginning of our show, and again, if you didn't hear the very beginning of the show, put it in your archives, rewind and and practice the mm-hmm. exercise that Margaret took us through because that breath is the savior when we're going down mm-hmm. the tunnel that doesn't feel hopeful or like there's any room for who we may be, which in a moment could not be on a Facebook mm-hmm. you know, page true. or, or you, know, and it, I, you and wouldn't I show that part. Mm-hmm. I realized a while ago that actually just breathing into uh, a discomfort or a tension or our anxiety, breathing into it is actually an act of compassion. It's an act of love because it's a movement towards our, our heart, you know, has this natural um, impulse to, of compassion to move towards with love, what is, um, what is, you know, suffering. And so when we breathe into and towards any part, uh, whether it's in our minds because of our thoughts, our thinking, or the tension in our bodies, um, we're saying, I'm here. I'm here with you. I'm going to stay here with you, and I'm going to give you space. That's what the breath does. I'm going to give you space. And then the, the wisdom takes care of it. It knows what to do. It knows that, oh, if I have space, 
I can move. I can transform. You know, I can integrate. And so that's why this doing the self-compassion work and doing the breath work in that way just feels like such a, you know, beautiful combination. I also love the idea, and you did this in the beginning with putting your hands on your chest. I find if I just, I'm doing it right now, if everybody listening could do this and see what they experience, Mm. but I like to put both my hands, I stack them right on top of my heart. And I just mm-hmm. feel the beautiful beating of my heart. And as I literally press these hands of mine into the heart zone of my body, it's almost like a really beautiful hug where I mm-hmm. feel this physical, um, cellular response yes. that automatically lets my breath go a little bit deeper and gives me relief. Are you feeling that? Oh, I that's one of my favorite things to do. You know, mm. and um, it's such a great point, Laura, because, you know, again, this was part of the research that the soothing touch is one of the ways that um, it activates the mammalian caregiving part of the brain. And so when you say it's like a hug... Literally, physiologically, it releases those chemicals, the same chemicals that when somebody we love, we're hugging someone or someone is hugging us, um, those, those endorphins, that natural opiates, um, it, it's actually happening. And that's why, you know, we use those metaphors. Oh, it's just like a wonderful warm hug. Our body's registering it that way. Yeah. Yes, and, and as I'm doing it right now, I feel so much better than I did before. I just put my hands on my heart. And when I'm by myself, I love just thinking in my brain, I love you. I, I love you. Mm-hmm. You are love, Laura. You are love. And, and as I push into that heart zone with my hands, I realize and everyone out there, you can create an inner voice of love. It doesn't it doesn't require anything more than deciding to do that. And with that, an awareness, a deeper breath, a self-kindness, and a compassion mm-hmm. that will change your life if mm-hmm. you do this work. It will change your life. And I want mm-hmm. everyone to know, Margaret, how to find you before we have to go off the air today. I want to mm-hmm. let everyone know that you can find Margaret Townsend, an amazing guide, at www.thelivingbreath.com. And that is thelivingbreath.com, www.thelivingbreath.com. Margaret works a lot with people, both um, on the phone, in person, um, also featured often in Real Simple Magazine. Um, She's an amazing person to help you calm down your nervous system, understand self-compassion and breath from a deeper perspective. And Margaret, before we sign off, is there anything you'd like to just share with our listeners that might be something that could be useful Uh in an anxiety, stress, or Uh fearful mindset? Well, you know, to just add to what you were just talking about, just to, you know, continue with the hands on the chest, Um, some of the things I've done with people is if you can start feeling the effects of that, 
Um, one thing I add is, if your hand was speaking to you right now, what would it be saying? And then you just wait. And you just wait and see what comes. Um, the other thing I, I also suggest is um, for you yourself to say, feel your, you know, to feel your hand there and just say something kind to yourself, like anything that's kind to yourself. And notice the effects. And, mm. you know, if, you're, if you get tight because you're not used to it, breathe with it. You know, give yes. it your breath. And I would yes. say just keep giving space, space on the exhale when you need, to, when you really just want to keep calming down and then keep taking a little more space with each inhale and just let your body find a natural rhythm because uh. it's the, the rhythmic flow is what helps to soothe. Oh, Margaret, thank you. We have to close. And one thought is, as you put those hands on your heart, say to yourself, you complete you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Feel Good Naked Radio with Laura Redmond. Please join us live again next Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until our next show, be you and feel great in your own skin. We'll be right back.